And so I would say, um, just begin, just start, and don't worry where it's headed. It will lead you to where it needs to lead you. You are now connected with Enclave for Entrepreneurs at O'Hare International Airport in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Enclave O'Hare, the local to global learning and earning center for entrepreneurs and their influencers. On January 15, 2020, we were joined by John Blumberg, author of Return on Integrity. In the words of Blumberg, integrity is not a soundbite. It's your expression of truth. Integrity is not about compliance. Compliance is often the costly result of ignoring integrity's value. Integrity is about potential. Since its earliest concept formation, Enclave's founders, Dr. David and David Morrison and John Dallas Jr., prioritize human elements in the vision, mission, and implementation of successful job-creating ventures. Psychology-based solutions address day-to-day challenges of ethical enterprises. Integrity is mission-critical to the long-term success of your business. Listen in for takeaways from our monthly masterclass on Applied Metacognition. John, can you please uh, introduce yourself and give us some background uh, on, on on you? All right, yeah, Scott. I'm um, uh, so John Blumberg, and mm-hmm. I'm uh, a speaker and, and an author and a, a thought leader on this topic of integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to look at integrity in a um, in a much richer, deeper, uh, more challenging, more adventurous uh, kind of way. Um, I, I came off an 18-year career at Arthur Anderson. I actually started as a CPA uh, in audit, but shifted my focus from numbers to people and spent the bulk of my time at Anderson um, in on the human resource side, more particularly on the uh, recruiting side, eventually moving to Chicago to help um, uh, with our, our our efforts in worldwide recruiting uh, mm-hmm. around the world. And along the way, I just really became a student of the human uh, in the organization, which that. is probably the first uh, uh, kind of seeds that got planted. And I spoke a lot um, when I was in that firm-wide role around the world. And um, I, a lot of conferences, a lot of student conferences in our recruiting. And I thought, you know, I really like this. And, mm-hmm. and so eventually I decided to leave everything behind a firm, a, a position, a team that I absolutely loved. I didn't know five years later the whole firm would implode, but yeah. uh, it was my family and heartbreaking. But at the time, I had to let go of all that yeah. um, to pursue this. Um, and that was, um, gosh, now almost uh, uh, 24 years ago. Out of curiosity, I, I work with a fair amount of folks in the CPA community and have in the past, and obviously very technically sound. I mean, do you attribute that to your, I mean, you dive obviously extremely deep into integrity, deep and wide, you know, have, upon your own self-reflection, do you think that has played a role in your ability to really understand and study this? Well, one thing I would say is one of the worst introductions I uh, <laughs> have ever had is somebody said, uh, John used to be a CPA, now he's a motivational speaker. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> oh, that's just, oh, my light goes downhill fast, right? First of all, I'm not a motivational speaker, and, yeah. I, and it's hard to even put those two uh, uh, together. That's a, that's a humorous paradox to begin with. Um, what I have found, um, I think, is probably 
really uh, the analytical part, the analysis mm-hmm. part, um, has really come into play. I would also say, you know, I'm an entrepreneur in my own business, in my own journey. Of course. And um, having that business background, having, uh, you know, understanding how business works uh, probably has helped me keep the dream alive when mm-hmm. a lot of times I, I probably could have looked and said, let's just give it all up. Yeah. And so I think that organization probably helped. Um, but in some ways, it probably got in the way of really breaking through to the deeper personal um, side as well. Because oftentimes, one of the things I, I'm just talking to a partner at a major consulting firm not too long ago, who's a, a CPA, and he said, "You know, you know, it, it, it's about control, <laughs> right? Sure. It's about the perception of control, right? Um, and I would suggest my wife would probably testify to this that I, I, it probably created this." Uh, desire for control, to control so everything's got a, a place. And I think I had to perse- persevere through that, to let go of that. Yeah. And so whereas it helps me with the operations of the business, I would say on the topic I talk on, mm-hmm. uh, there was an awful lot of letting go and an awful lot of um, of my own interior work mm-hmm. to be able to have the breakthrough um, of the things that I think I see in, in, on integrity um, that often get missed on the surface. And, and as most technical folks do, which is a very good thing, and you did it tonight, and it was it you put it in really great context, and I think that would be very useful for what we're doing here as well, is we're talking about integrity, and you started with kind of the problem, mm-hmm. right, that we're kind of mm-hmm. trying to solve here. Can you dive into that part of it? Yeah, so I, I would say that um, the way I framed it out is I talk about the dilemma. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the dilemma is what makes this so difficult to, first of all, know our core values, but to live them. And then I would also say to understand the richness of integrity uh, that it is. Now, one of the things, Scott, that I didn't hit on tonight, um, I wish I had, mm-hmm. because uh, when I first wrote the leader version of Return on Integrity, when I was writing Dilemma, I, I saw it as the problem. And, and it is the problem. It's what makes it so difficult. I have now really come to see it as a necessity mm-hmm. that if we uh, so I talk in terms of one of the dilemmas uh, in, on, that's on the inside is that we don't it's the drift we don't go running away from our values we go drifting away I love that and one day we wake up in a place we never meant to be right right um, drifting in a direction we never would have chosen and um, and the one thing I would say is that when we drift, um, that's a teachable moment. And without the drift, we wouldn't learn. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, the dilemma, the pressures, if we think about it in organization terms, um, oftentimes they're really good things, like um, it, metrics and measurements. You will never hear me say that metrics and measurements are not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But there were certainly situations that if they're not grounded in a set of core values, um, they will take on a life of their own, and they will lead people to very bad behaviors. And we've certainly seen organizations in the last last 10 years, where that is exactly what the problem was. It was the metrics that was uh, driving bad uh, behavior, which was coming from a place of a void at the value level. We had uh, Rocky Clancy on here. I don't know if you know Rocky, but... Um, I haven't met Rocky. You know. Yeah, he, he chatted, and the perfect example of this is, is Wells Fargo. Oh, exactly. And their whole thing was uh, product per customer, yes. and that led, it was well-intended, yes. right? But that led to folks... Not acting with integrity. That's exactly right. And Scott, you said the exact right word there. And that's what the danger in the in the dilemma is. It was absolutely with 
with great um, with great intentions mm-hmm. that had very unintentional consequences. Right. Um, and, and oftentimes we talk about the difference between values and, and behaviors and wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, without intentionally understanding our values, our needs uh, take on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. And in business, that can be extremely dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a need for performance, a need for excellence, a need for disruption. Mm-hmm. Those are all good things, but if they're not grounded, they will lead down a very deadly path, not overnight, but but over time. The example you gave, I, my, I'm in sales management now, and I, ever since I was 18, I've been in sales. So I, it's, I've, always has, always, I've always had that perspective. And one of the things that you brought up tonight that I think is valuable for anybody to hear, and if you're an entrepreneur, you're in sales, right, or business development in, in a pretty big capacity is you know, the, the skill of um, active listening and maybe, you know, mirroring the person and pacing the way that they pace. And you mentioned that that can be perceived as manipulative yes. um, if it is being led by your behaviors or, and, and I could That's be right. getting this That's wrong. That's right, Scott. And, and what was so powerful and so true and for me that I believe, you know, I'm going to do 30 days and more of, of some self-reflection mm-hmm. here to see my own integrity. But um, the point of if it's coming from a core value and I'm doing it with the absolute and true intent to help and make a positive result, it's really not manipulative at all. You're using that as a skill to relate. That's right. To allow you the opportunity to do that good, positive thing for that person that you're meeting with. That's exactly right. And that's the difference of that when it's grounded. And so I like to think of integrity as being described not as honesty or what you do when no one's looking. Those are lagging indicators of integrity. Mm-hmm. I get it when we tie the two together. Yeah. Uh, but I like to think of integrity as being whole, entire, and undiminished. And you think about it, it's about connection, right? Yeah. And so in a sales uh, situation, when you are using the skills that you have to further that connection, and, and here's the difference, is to further it for the sense of connection, not to further it to get what you want. Correct. But to get it because the connection is what is important. I love that. The sale is the lagging indicator. Correct. Right? If I feel a real sense of connection, sure, I'm much more likely to trust that person and, and probably more likely to want to engage in business with them. Yep. Um, but if they're doing it to get a means to an end, uh, let me give you a quick example. Yeah, I, please. I had a, a major health system, and uh, they were trying to get to um, uh, you know hospitals uh, deal with patient um, experiences. Uh, they get rated on that, mm-hmm. and that's a big deal because their reimbursements from Medicare um, can, can depend on those. And they were at a four. They'd really worked hard to get there, but they couldn't get to a five. Mm-hmm. And we, um, I got brought in um, on a phone call, of which, by the way, the CEO didn't show up for after we. We went for three weeks trying to make sure it's around his schedule. Now, I don't know what happened, So, uh, but you could feel in the room um, his absence uh, made a difference. But in the conversation, um, one of the people in the room, and you could sense it over the phone that proved this, that this this value builds value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of the guys finally said, John, can you prove to us that, that what you're talking about here will get us from a four to a five? And I said, um, well, let me put it this way. Everything in my DNA, everything in my soul says it is going to make a difference. But I will tell you this, if you're doing this to get to a five, um, I will guarantee you it won't get you there because the truth is you don't care about the values. 
You just care about getting to the five, and values don't like to be used. They like to be lived. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to tell you, you probably won't. Um, and, and that's where, and exactly what you're talking about, why it's so important. Um, what, is, what is driving the behaviors? And are you staying true to the value as you, um, as you execute those behaviors? You, you already mentioned drifting. We talked on that a little bit, but the, the real, you know, the enemy of knowledge is assuming that we know. You mentioned, I think it was Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Can you dive into that from the integrity perspective? Yeah. So one of the things that, that Hawking said was uh, just brilliant. He said that the enemy uh, of knowledge is not ignorance. Um, the enemy of knowledge is assuming that you know, and it's uh, somewhere in the ballpark of that, but that's the essence of the, of the quote. Mm-hmm. And it's, when it comes to our values, um, that's brilliant. It, it is the, it's probably the greatest dilemma when it comes to core values is our assumption that we actually know what they are. And people will consider themselves value-based or they've got a gut feel or an intuition. Um, and it's very dangerous in the world we live in today because of the speed at which we move, the change we experience. And, and change is almost irrelevant anymore. It's disruption, right? That's the word that you hear because that's the reality um, that we're living. And so I would say that specifics matter. And most people, if you give them a blank sheet of paper, they will say that they know their values, but when they get the blank sheet of paper, there's nothing to write down, which is a very telling moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not designed to call people out. It's designed to wake them up. Yeah, um, and a, hopefully a very refreshing way because I look at it as the greatest opportunity to unleash all that potential. Mm-hmm. It's not about judgment; um, um, it's about um, an awareness of something amazing that is that you still have uh, at your at, and it's within you. It's just a matter of are you connecting to it? Are you integrating with it? Yeah, you know, a theme here at Enclave and just overall with a lot of the folks that we brought on is. You know the the importance of self reflection, and you shared mm-hmm. your you know um, you know habit that you, you you put yourself into to to really try to drive that. And a big piece that I've learned in doing it, and you know talking with a lot of folks about it, is that we tend not to do it because of the perception that we don't have the time to do it. But frankly, what it really comes down to is that pretty quickly it can get pretty uncomfortable. That's exactly right, which is why in this process, as you begin to define what your values are, um, their states of being, and I always say values don't divide. So you're at the values level, not need, want, or behavior. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're at a place, they don't don't divide. Um, Is that you have to give yourself a lot of grace in this. Um, Mm -hmm. This is not about perfection. It's not about compliance. It's not about getting it all right. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a journey to discover uh, the richness that is there. And so it can get tough mm-hmm. um, unless you give yourself a lot of grace and, and realize that you're seeing more truth than you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that truth has enormous um, potential. You mm-hmm. will always drift. Yeah. Um, the question is, how soon do you catch it? Mm-hmm. Um, here's one thing I found is when it gets uncomfortable, you yeah. know what the greatest gift of it is? I give everybody else a lot more grace as well. Yeah, and so uh, what I find is is that the more I can call myself out, is I don't get near as frustrated. I have so much more empathy for others when they haven't gotten it right. I, and I'm talking about people that have really messed up. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, but if my heart doesn't break for them first, um, it, there's no room for judgment. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a matter of wow. If I think I'm any different than they would be in the same situation with the same circumstance and the same pressures they had, um, I, I just look at it and say, 
um, you know, you know, I, I first have to have empathy for them, mm-hmm. um, and then what can I learn myself from what they've experienced? And so it does get uncomfortable, but there's a there's a freedom that comes with that mm-hmm. um, that I, I I give others the same grace that I've I've, I've learned I have to give myself because I'm just a buffoon, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah uh, absolutely. You know, call it for what it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I got it wrong again. None um, of us are perfect, right? None of us are perfect. Um, and it's not about even moving toward perfection. It's about an awareness of being in the state of uh, of the state of integrity mm-hmm. and the richness that comes from it, and therefore the desire mm-hmm. um, to actually be there. But you you call it right out. I mean, it especially on the front end, it will get comfortable. I, I'm sorry, uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> You know, five years down the road, I, I hate to tell you, you just get un- <laughs> you get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Hey, right? absolutely. Um, you know, for uh, no matter what age, you know, is listening from an entrepreneur perspective, what would you recommend? You know, how do they kind of let's just say they're like, you know what, I do want to really dig deep and get start to get an understanding of myself a little bit better to see my core values and are they, you know, unwrapped in, in integrity and those kind of things. What's what's a good starting point for them? Yeah, blank sheet of paper. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that's the truth. Um, what I would say then is, um, in fact, if you if, if just to jumpstart that brainstorming process, if mm-hmm. somebody um, over a two year period, I in front of uh, numerous audiences did the blank sheet of paper and ask them to write that down, and with their permission, ask would they would they turn in those initial ideas, which is a it's a real mixture of behaviors, wants, needs, values. It is quite a conglomeration that you come up with on that initial take on the blank sheet of paper. Yeah. Uh, but with that, I collected those. I've never judged it. There, anything anybody's ever turned in is on that, and it's a list of about 750 words. Mm-hmm. And so it's not one of those convenient lists that has 30 where I pick my best five. Yeah. Uh, there's so many, um, and they're in alphabetical order, to, so I don't prioritize it. So if they go to my website, they can literally download that list, and I would say print it out. Not not first. Do your blank sheet of paper first. Have that that moment, that wake up call to say, you know what? I don't know this as well as I thought I did. Yeah. And I don't care if you're 70 or if you're 17. Um, it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same core. Age doesn't have anything to do with this. In fact, yeah. sometimes the younger you are, the less gets in the way. Yeah. Um, but but if you go to um, Blumberg R O Y B L U M B E R G R ROI.com forward slash the big dig. Mm-hmm. And if you just go there, um, you'll see the very first tool on there is this um, PDF called the Core Values Brainstorming List. It's a great starting point after the blank sheet of paper um, to say, let me start going down this and, and really thinking through. Um, and, and it's not to pick from there, it's to let the list stir your thinking. So you yeah. know, circle things, mark things, let words remind you of other things. But I think over time, not initially, and this isn't something you go away for a weekend for. Yeah. Um, you go away for do it for 30 minutes and then you're uncomfortable, right? Right, right, right. Or like, I am so sick of thinking about this. That is a bad case of normal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what you do is you work with a while, put it away, go live life a little bit, come back to it, spend 10 minutes on it. Mm-hmm. And you just keep coming back to it um, over and over, over a period of time, usually over about a 30 day period. You can get a pretty good version 1.0, and then go live it and 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 just test drive it like you're going to go get a new car. You test drive it, right? That's right. And then keep coming back to it. And I would say over a period of a year, you will get a pretty good understanding of what is at the core, some really incredible needs, some incredible wants, and cr- incredible behaviors as well. One of the things that you brought up um, to as, as someone's going along this journey, and I love this term, uh, 
you know, you got to figure out as you're you're reaching, you're going to this destiny. Who are my drift guards? Mm. Can you can you share a little bit on that? And how can somebody make sure that they're identifying the right folks to help with that? Right, and and so I, I always frame this up um, is that there are people. Um, uh, you got to find people who love you enough, and I mean love exactly like I say it. Yep, is that they they love you enough to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. and you love them enough to accept the truth when they tell you what you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Right, and so there, we have a lot of incredible relationships in our life, but I think we generally know who those people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm working in an organization, there could very well be somebody at work that understands the context of the environment that I work in. They see me a lot. They see my behaviors. They see my decisions um, because we spend so much time working, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I would also say you want drift guards that are in your social and personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so uh, I, I think it has to fit kind of that bar that they love you enough to tell you the truth. You love them enough to accept the truth when they tell you what you don't want to hear. And they're I would say there's probably only two or three people that really um, <clears throat> will show up for that category. And so when you define your core, you literally give them your core values to explain to them what they mean to you. Mm-hmm. And you just say, if you ever see me drifting, um, I want you to call me out. You have permission to call me out without ever justifying it. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, you said, you know, today we live very reactively. Yes. Like, hey, I want, I'm giving you permission as somebody that I love for you to come to me and say, hey. You're drifting a little bit here. Yeah. Can you can you uh, tell me? Can you tell me? Um, uh, can you explain this drift? Because it looks like to me that you're drifting. The truth is, um, they won't know for sure. Right. Uh, that it's it's a perception that they have to bring to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you want to give them the permission to know that they could be in error. In fact, oftentimes I would say with your drift guard, you want them to come almost more with the question, um, Scott, are you drifting here? A little precautionary to a precautionary. degree. Precautionary, yes, yeah. exactly. Because if it's posed to me as a question, yeah, um, it calls on an answer. Right. If it comes to me as a definitive, um, um, almost judgment, as a statement, Scott, you're drifting. Yeah. Um, it almost comes as a judgment, and what do I do? I, I come with defense. Yeah. No matter how much I love them. Right, right, <laughs> right? yeah. Right? And so I think oftentimes I would say, Probably uh, the best thing would, you know, give them permission, but maybe um, coach them to say, can you always bring it as a question, no matter how much you believe it's it's a definitive uh, observation. And I bet you through that process, you'll find that the love for that person and admiration grows, right? Because that's, you're having real conversations. That's, uh, you just nailed the probably the greatest gift. Yeah. And that is... Um, um, I mean, I, I think of a person that's come to me uh, to be their drift garden in, in some really uh, tough situations. And I remember um, in one of our conversations, um, I just said, you know what, right now you're more beautiful to me than you've ever been Yeah. in the imperfection. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, Scott, but I, I would much rather sit uh, at lunch and um, uh, work with a person that's really struggling yeah. than somebody that's had all the success and they're just, uh, you know, they're blowing their success, right? Uh, well, I, um, the interesting thing about business, and you mentioned this too uh, tonight, um, you know, we talked about, someone asked, you, why do you do this? And, you know, why are you so passionate about it? And you mentioned um, spirituality. Mm-hmm. And we get, you know, um, there's a common thing that it will happen is that people get uncomfortable with that because they think that we're talking about religion. Right. And it's just frankly not. Um, I, right. I've had a lot of interactions with a lot of people in business. And I think the interesting thing is that for me, what I've discovered is that common denominator that makes a difference of the folks that I really 
um, uh, can make a positive impact to is the folks that I connect with. Yep. And you connect with people based off of how you feel. Yes. And that that feeling is I want to do good, right? And and we're connecting on that level that's emotional and that's ultimately spiritual. Yeah. And I think, and I think you're right, it's it's the difference of um, being religious versus being spiritual. And, 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 and those that are the most uh, rich in, in their religious journey yeah. um, have such a depth of spirituality that goes along with it, right? Correct. I mean, they 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 can be it can be helpful. Um, at the same time, what I would say is that the spiritual. What I would look and say is it's about being authentic and yes. real and vulnerable yeah. um, and non-judgmental. We surrender in this relationship of trust. Yep. Um, and then now all of a sudden. It's integrity at its best because we really are connected. We are one. Yeah. Um, right. The relationship um, is at a place where we're so connected and trusting mm-hmm. um, that the realness can, you know, c- can come through. It, um, you know, um, intent and motive is so interesting, especially once again coming from this is coming from a salesperson, yes. and now I'm a sales manager. And one of the things that I continuously tell anybody that I'm coaching or mentoring or talking to about sales is. Um, give them permission genuinely and authentically on the front end to understand that, um, you know, yeah, you know, I'm a salesperson and I have a quota and ultimately I need to find enough people that I can help to reach that number internally to hit my metrics. Um, but I just want to be abundantly clear that for the purpose of this conversation, um, by no means am I trying to lead you down a path to buy. I'm trying to have a conversation with you to understand if there is anything I can actually do to drive a tangible result for you in whatever capacity that is. That doesn't just need to be in uh, business-to-business transactions. It could be folks that are selling to consumers directly. And giving them permission and, and making sure that it's abundantly clear that this can the answer can be no and that we can walk away respectfully and in no capacity am I going to try to get you to do what I want you to do. Right. Right. I agree. Um, and it's it's so important. I think if we start with that of that value, going back to what we talked about earlier, yep. man, you know, the return on integrity is the name of your book. Like, yep. let's talk about how, you know, dollars flow through the value that you bring. And think about that, Scott, for just a second is because it creates a cadence and a momentum within you mm-hmm. um, because it they may walk away. Yeah. But if you do that repeatedly, correct, um, and it may be they walk away because it wasn't the right time or it wasn't the right connection or there, it wasn't something that would be helpful to them. And that could be very real mm-hmm. in that one particular way. But if you approach that um, and you honor that, mm-hmm. is I, I would suggest that's why when you go person after person, that eventually values build value. That yeah. uh, In fact, I think um, living it. <laughs> a lot of times people feel like, oh, this is going to limit at me. Correct. Right. It's going to hold back. It's going to hurt my bottom line. Right. No, uh, it, it's going to flourish the bottom line. Correct. Uh, because there is more authenticity. It may not in the short term in this one transaction. Yep. But over a period of time, um, there's momentum and cadence of bills that um, it, it changes the culture of how everything you know is done and how you show up for every single one of those conversations. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. For for. The folks out there listening, I always ask this to, to kind of wrap it up. You know, for you, the one piece of information or, or the one thing that you would like to leave them with to, to think about, reflect on, um, you know, from your expertise. Yeah. Is, um, well, I'd love to say get a blank sheet of paper yeah. and uh, begin to 
really start to dig in, uh, mm-hmm. that, if you, that you will be amazed at what eventually um, begins to surface. And, and so I always say if there's anything to take away is just start. Uh, and don't, don't, well, maybe this is, uh, I mean, I love the work of the late uh, Stephen Covey and begin with an end of mind. And it's so applicable to so many things. But this is one time I would suggest don't worry about the end because mm-hmm. you cannot imagine it. It is so profound. It is so deep. It's so rich that if you try to see it from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, it will lead you to a very veneer, let's get it done, let's let's accomplish this. Check a box. Check a box, right? Yeah. And so I would say um, just begin, just mm-hmm. start, and don't worry where it's headed. It will lead you to where it needs to lead you. I love that. Thank you very much for being here tonight. Uh, Enjoyed being here with you. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Believe it or not, we all make mistakes. That is magnified as a business leader. Keeping our values in line is more important today than ever before. Find trusted partners you can recruit to be your drift guards and hold you accountable to surrounding your day-to-day life with integrity. The non-traditional business metric of return on integrity will help create long-term value for years to come. For more information on our third Wednesday of every month masterclass in applied metacognition, please visit enclaveforentrepreneurs.com.